puffy to get nervous. But um, I haven't done that in a while. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hearthstone Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am also, we're now calling it a safe space radio. It's still ASS radio, but there's been some changes. We're doing things a little bit differently. I am Face Boy, and with me at home is Calvin Williams, also doing the tech. Thank you, Calvin. It's my pleasure. Happy to be here. And... My big brother, John S. Hall, is here. Uh, technically, you're taller than me, though, right? So I in am, another way, you're kind of my big brother, too. I am, I am kind of your big brother. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, always, you're my older brother. That is true. You're my younger brother. That is definitely true. So That I'll, will always be true, probably. That's always going to be true. I mean... We don't know how time works, but probably yeah, it will right. always be true. Yeah. I was just thinking that because there could yeah, be yeah. some sort of fluctuation in the time-space continuum. Somehow, I'm older than you. Or, could happen. Like you could be, you could be, uh, you could be hovering uh, on the on the crest of a black of a of a black hole. Right. And then or, you come back, and it'd be like two seconds for you, twenty years yes. for me. Exactly. Hmm. I think I'm, I that's Einstein, right? That was I think that's where that came from that idea. I um, so. I, and um it's also possible time is just uh, an illusion illusory construct, right? And uh and it and it doesn't exist at all and everything just exists simultaneously, in which case we're the exact same age. And, and Calvin is also the same age as us and so is his guitar that I'm looking at and your <laughs> microphone everything all existing simultaneously in in no time and maybe space is an illusion too hmm. and matter one of many things i, I, do, I uh, never really thought about but that's something you that never could keep thought me about up that have you never taken <clears throat> any drugs um <clears throat> save for weed no <laughs> ah okay well that <laughs> explains Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Explain so much. <laughs> well, okay. We'll we'll uh, we'll we'll take it slow. Okay. Then, for for the uninitiated. Okay. Appreciate it. <laughs> Did I answer that question fully? Wait, there wasn't a question. Was there? <laughs> so I was beginning to get concerned because I didn't see any protests in my neighborhood this week but then today uh just a few hours ago again extremely well organized extremely peaceful protest it went right down my block uh once again they the people who were organizing it they did all the traffic control they did it better than the police would do it they're doing an anti-police protest and and figured out how to do it without police and how to do it better 
and I just nice. want to say, uh, you know, keep it keep it going. Things are changing. Uh, these protests are important. They're they're like I said, being very well run. If you are able to join, absolutely join. Um, I can't because. I got to do everything as if I was a frail 87-year-old. Is there anything I, I am exposed to, she is exposed to. The folk, folks that don't know, I take care of my mom, and uh, so I have to be extra cautious. John, have you been involved so, in any of the protests? So, so does that mean anyone who isn't taking care of their mom should be doubly involved to make up for... Is that what you're getting for at? Me? <laughs> no, not being there. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I feel the same way about my kid, you know, who's, you know, like, I, I don't, you know, I, I probably will join the protest at some point. I just haven't yet. Um, I, um, I've given money to various causes. Um, I always have, but I stepped it up more this year, um, to assuage my, uh, guilt, it doesn't work. The guilt is never assuaged, but um, but I still think it's a good instinct to give money if you're if you're in a position to do so. So, and sometimes the money helps. I mean, the money helps in different ways than the protesting helps. They do different things. So then um, they're both useful, I think. So if you don't feel like protesting and you have some money, like maybe you have some change in a drawer, you could roll up your pennies and your quarters. See how much you have, give it away. Or maybe you're tired of your cat and you could sell it on the internet. <laughs> no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, I mean, there are ways to, yeah. Yeah, I just learned uh, last week, maybe the week before, about uh, uh, the park by City Hall is now being called Abolition Park. And there are a bunch of people that have been staying there and they have camped out there and they are doing they they are they are also needing some resources. So I am going to do what I've been telling everybody else to do. You know, I, I did buy a, a lot of toilet paper <laughs> when this started <laughs> and a lot of it is uh, kind of crappy. I'm just going to say it. Scott tissue sucks. Mm. That's some shitty toilet paper for your shitty ass. <laughs> so, um... That's almost a commercial. <laughs> so, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to give them crappy toilet paper, but, you know, crappy toilet paper is better than none. And that's when I, you know, when I didn't have anything else, I was using the crappy toilet paper because it's better than none. And so I'm going to go down and, and donate that because I'm not going to be using it. So I encourage other people, I think what they're doing there, you know, I haven't been there personally. I can't say for sure that it's that they're running things well there. But from what I've read, it seems to be it seems to be a good thing. Um, and again, if you have a crappy cat, maybe they would <laughs> like a cat. It's possible. I don't, I don't know. No. Um, abolition. Do they want what is the abolition? Is that abolition of the police force or abolition of yes. what? Okay. Yes. My understanding is that defund doesn't necessarily mean deprive them of all money, so not necessarily abolition. So some people are abolition, and some people are like, we should have a much smaller uh, 
specified police force as opposed to what we have today where so many things are under the uh, umbrella of policing that really don't need to be uh, police don't need to be involved and you know the thing you were saying earlier about um, the protesters is I mean part of what makes protesting difficult often is the police Uh, that Mm -hmm. isn't to say police should never be involved in crowd control but uh, but um, but it does seem like um, there have been a lot of mistakes made and these protests might for the most part might have been better off with less policing rather than more you don't send in 200 cops in riot gear to deal with 50 people who are being peaceful you don't do it it's stupid well, unless you have a different agenda, and we don't know what the agenda of, you know, the police force is. That's part of the problem. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about this for the last month or so. Uh, how, and I'll, I'll bring this up again. A job like putting up barricades is something that anyone could do. There's no reason why the why we should be paying. A police officer to do that. There's lots of menial jobs that they do that we could get other people to do, uh, and and uh, it's it's just the list goes on and on of shit that we don't need cops doing. That we don't. It's not just the menial stuff either. Like there's stuff that would probably be better handled by social workers rather than police. Uh, you know, like domestic abuse situations when they're not really violent should probably not be handled by the police just yeah. as one example and drugs yeah. too it's like you know yes you know maybe it's a crime but like you bring the police in you you increase the likelihood someone's going to get killed for no reason well drugs should be legalized anyway right but i'm saying like i'm saying just because they are illegal doesn't mean the cops need to police it you know there are other ways to police drug stuff which is usually victimless you know and and usually not violent unless Mm -hmm. the cops get involved and then it gets violent right yeah there's just so much stuff we don't need them for and uh, another thing that we're that we're talking about and i can talk about this for fucking ever i'm really tired of the idea that someone can be too stupid to be a police officer we need to raise the standards we have to have smarter people not dumber people do you know about this john did you mean too smart to be a police officer yeah that's what i meant that that people can be too smart to be a police officer no i didn't know that yeah there was even they they test for that they they do they do some testing and there was one guy uh and the idea is if you're really smart you're not going to be as likely to blindly follow orders, which is what they want you to do. Uh, you're going to be more likely to be bored with the job. They're going to tr- spend money training you, and then you're going to leave the job early because you're bored because it's a boring fucking job. And But, uh, you know, what you do is is you get rid of all that menial shit. You give those jobs to other people, and, and then what you're left with is going to be interesting, and you get smart people to deal with it. It just makes sense. There was an officer. He was too smart, and he sued on the basis of of uh, of discrimination, and he he lost because because being very smart is not a protected class. 
yes, hmm. there's a lot of things that maybe should be predictive classes that aren't. But um, yeah, I don't. I, I haven't heard this story, but um, sounds interesting. It sounds curious that anyone would acknowledge that somebody didn't get a job because they were deemed too intelligent. But you know, I guess it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just the NYPD. It's it's other police departments around the country. I don't know exactly which ones, but you know we have the the largest, the largest police department in in the in the in the country, probably in the world. I'm trying to think of other boring jobs and whether it's possible they would have a similar test. I mean, there's a lot of boring jobs, you know. That you know. That uh, if you yeah, that that if the idea of screening for for uh, too much intelligence is a thing, you would think they would do it for more than just the police. But anyway, you know, it's an interesting idea. I've never heard of that, but that's interesting. Yeah, and this is absolutely not true for uh, the military, and that's also an an area where people are expected to follow orders. But there isn't a a you know, you're you're too smart to to join the army, air force, marines, navy. That that doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, I think if you pass certain tests in the in some of the armed services, they'll just put you in a different role. Exactly. Yeah. So okay, I think I, I don't know that much about this. So so I'm gonna try to avoid not saying something that's incorrect because I don't know that much about it. When I was in North Dakota, uh, I was, I was living in Tappan, as you know, which is a very small town. And for some reason I was with one of my second cousins, third cousins, whatever it is. And we were in a larger area, maybe Bismarck. Um, I'm not sure. And there was a, a Marine, uh, recruiting station there. And I was like, you know what the hell and they're like hey you, you want to talk to us and 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 i took the test i was 14 years old and they were really excited about it when the results came and they 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 wanted me as a marine and i, and I said well you know i do anything to get out of the situation i'm in right now including joining the marines but i'm 14 <laughs> <laughs> and they're like god damn it <laughs> One would think they would have asked that right up front. Or did you lie on the form? Oh, you I could get in trouble for doing that. But I don't remember what I did. It's an interesting story. Yeah. I once took a Scientology test. Okay. What was that like? But, you know, that's just like, oh, you take the test and then they try to sell you, you know, on, you know, whatever it is that they're, that they do next. Uh, for three hundred dollars, we can give you an even better test and tell you like what you need to improve your life. What um, was the test like, and what was your results? Well, you know, the thing is, uh, I, the, I remember it was the the the, uh, the the offices were I think between Tenth and Eleventh Street on Sixth Avenue, and I remember seeing the signs. You know, Scientology works with an exclamation point for a long time. It was either, yeah, I think it was yeah Tenth and Eleventh. Um, so I. I think I passed it during, you know, PS41 times, and that's when I first noticed it. But I was probably more like 14 or 15 when I took the test. I don't remember. I think it was mostly, you know, like the kind of personality 
tests, you know, would this kind of thing make you mad with this kind of thing? Or like invocational aptitude tests or that kind of thing. Or, um, But what I also heard was I heard people on the other side of the room. It was a pretty big office, so but it was all open plan. So, you know, there were dividers. But I could hear people yelling, you know, like, you know, which I think is part of it. That, you know, like when they're leading you through, they're trying to break down your ego. And one way to do that is to... Um, uh, yell and insult. There was some of that with Est too, from what I understand. Although I, I, I knew people involved in that, I didn't get involved in that. Again, I took like the, you know, like friends of mine would be like, "You want to come over? We're going to talk about Est." And then they try to get you to take the weekend course, but I never did. It's called the Forum now, I think. Do you know about Landmark it? Forum? Yeah, yeah. They Landmark tried to Forum. they tried to recruit me, but like everyone tried to recruit us in, in Greenwich Village growing up. The the Christians were there. The, the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines try to recruit you. Scientologists try to recruit you. Um, uh, uh, Born again Christians try to recruit you. It was it was everywhere all the time growing up. And I, I remember, found them all interesting. You know, I just oh, I yeah. never would take the the final step. Yeah, I was fascinated by it. Absolutely yeah. fascinated by it. I liked reading the literature. I like reading. The I Jews like reading, for Jesus, I remember yeah. them. Yeah. I like reading the Bhagavad Gita. I like reading. I, you know, I, 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 I'm into learning about what people worship and why. Um, but I'm not interested in uh, in putting myself in a situation where I could get brainwashed because this shit is real. These techniques do work. So I'm not going to even go to this one landmark meeting and uh and subject myself to techniques that have been proven to work on a lot of different people so i'm not going to do that and i remember once uh when sun young moon was in town you and a friend of yours alex yeah uh went and our parents were really really scared they were so scared that you're mom was scared i don't know if my father was scared but yeah but yeah and then you guys came in doing like the most blank eye expressions you could possibly do and pretended like you were converts. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know until I went that Sun Young Moon doesn't speak any English. So it was a very weird uh, thing, you know, because it was like very loud shouting in Korean and then a translator. And the translator didn't have nearly the charisma that Sung Young Moon had, you know, so he'd be like talking really passionately and the translator would just be very deadpan translating. So you couldn't really get the experience. Like, I think if you're going to translate something, you should also be excited, you know, like the way the guy that you're translating is, you should try to emulate that passion. So, you know, it, it seemed really like hard to get the message because like this guy is and then the guy is like uh, and then jesus said they're they're christians too i think the unification church or whatever they're called no not you know is that what they're called i don't remember what they were called anyway the yeah the i think they're also christian so um um yeah yeah that's that was a funny thing that we felt we had to do it's obvious to present but you know what you're saying about brainwashing like you know I don't know what these people really want. With Scientology, they want your money, but uh, a lot of people benefit from these things. That's the other side. The people I know who did Est 
swore it benefited them and they didn't seem any different from before I knew them. They just seemed more excited about life. You know, there are religious conversion experiences that people can have that can be really positive. Um, it's hard to know what's what. I might have been very happy as a Krishna had I, you know, gone on the way, you know, with that. You know, I liked the music. I liked the philosophy. <laughs> but, uh, and I liked their approach to scholarship, you know, like, you know, their books were very, like, the line-by-line translations and then what the meaning is and then, you know, like, what, what, you know, what each word means and then what the general meaning of the whole thing was. That's the way Prabhupada did it. And that's the way the people following in his tradition did it. So it's like, you know, like, they seemed like intelligent people, even if they were full of love of Krishna. And that seemed odd to me, but like, so I don't know, you know, like, but yeah, some people get brainwashed and they're, they're, they're fucked, you know, it's hard yeah. to know. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, just like with any religion, there are going to be, there are going to be churches and leaders of those churches that run things really well and run things very honorably. And then there are going to be other ones that don't, you know, that's. Yeah. That's just I the mean, way it is. I think probably the trick is like, like uh, we're, we're conditioned to be attracted to charismatic leaders, whether they're politicians or religious figures or, um, or financial gurus or, you know, self-help, whatever, you know? And I, I think, you know, if you just scratch below the surface and you just see, like, what's the organization organization like? Are you allowed to criticize the leader? Are you allowed to, you know, are you allowed to uh, be in some way involved in the organization yourself? Like, how open is it versus how closed it is? I think that's maybe the best way to look at these things or one way to look at it to see whether it's a cult or not or whether it's whether you're in danger of getting it more involved with something. But, but you know, it's... A lot of religious people just want to do good. You know, they may be misguided about what good is, but, um, you know, they want to help their community or they want to help, you know, poor people in generally or they want to help people better their lives. You know, not every, not all of them, but a, a lot do, you know. Calvin, have you had the experience with people trying to recruit you? Or have you had friends that you feel like maybe you have lost to uh, to a charismatic leader or an organization like that? Um, I fortunately have not lost any friends due to uh, charismatic individuals with uh, motives that may be ulterior, ulterior or otherwise. But um, the only the only recruitment story that I have is. Um, one time during high school, I was um, walking downtown and, and I got flagged down by a uh, uh, army recruiter. I don't remember the whole. I don't remember how everything went down, but like I did manage to um, uh, make him realize that I was definitely not interested, and also I was way too young because I was like fifteen, fourteen, fifteen when it happened. So, not a terribly interesting story, but like that's that's the only one I got. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, the the Landmark Forum people, friends of mine, and this was when I was hosting the open mic at Surf Reality, um, they were very aggressively, you know, after they had gone through this program, they were super excited about it. They they were saying, everything you think you know is wrong, um, and this thing will change your life and, and put you on, on a path to success, and, and et cetera, et cetera. And... Um, uh, it was it was it was a very aggressive hard sell and i really didn't care for it at all and so i remember then coming into contact with one of the people about 10 15 years later and 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 asking him you know now 15 years later do you still feel the way you did after you had gotten out of the program and he said well no i don't um uh but he did say but i still hold that it was something good for my life at that time mm. yeah i had a friend and i had a couple of friends in high school that did it and uh i saw one of them a few years ago and um he still seemed really happy and gung-ho on the other hand another friend of mine who was uh a follower of uh, chid Velasananda, um is that his name? No, no, Sri Chinmoy. Sorry, Sri Chinmoy. Uh, he was a follower of Sri Chinmoy, and um, and he was very troubled and um, ended up uh, 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 taking his life. So, um, but I don't blame Chinmoy for that. I mean, like people who are attracted to this sort of thing are already in some ways lost, you know, and they're looking for something to give their life meaning. And sometimes they find it in religion, and sometimes they don't. You know, so, um, you know, um, I think, but most people I know who did the forum think it was a good thing. Um, um, I'm actually getting a message from somebody who is listening in, and they said, I did the forum twice, and it was a good thing. So Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't totally bash it. <laughs> um, could, I yeah. could have lost a listener. Um, I, I um, yeah, my friend... My friend Tom also uh, 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 did it uh, from high school, and he uh, and he was a and and I think he would still say it was worth doing. So, yeah. All right, let's uh, switch to something uh, that's that's. Let's switch away from religion and go to something softer, like politics. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my question for both of you. Will this, what's going on right now uh, with Trump's handling or mishandling of the whole coronavirus and a whole but is this is this going to be the thing that gets that that gets that ends his reelection? No. I mean, he's either going to get. Oh, wait, was that your answer? Your full um, answer, Calvin? There's, <laughs> like, there's some. No, too. It's just like, uh, no. He's <laughs> like, either going to get reelected or he, or he isn't. If he doesn't get reelected, it will be hard to point to what what caused him not to be reelected because he's right. done so many things that you know are destructive, um, t- not just to the country but to his re-election chances um so uh 
you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I don't know if I can point to any one thing. I mean, if it kills off enough of his supporters, you know, the virus, then possibly, but I don't know how you'd even prove that. So it's hard to know what would, what, what, if anything, will take him down. Seeing as how there are people in hospitals fighting coronavirus right now that feel like Donald Trump has been doing a great job handling this. I'm, that's one of my major reasons why I don't think this whole situation has any bearing on his uh, re-election possibilities. People are going to follow him to the end of time. And for a lot of people, their time has ended uh, very abruptly due to COVID. But people stand by him for reasons I will never, ever understand. It just makes no kind of sense to me. Yeah, uh, see, I, I really should read news that's intended for... Trump supporters so I can get a better understanding uh, whatever those news outlets are but the places where I get my news it are tend to be very liberal news outlets so I have you know obviously a slanted view on these things um, uh, but uh, yeah I, I don't know I don't know it's it is yet to be seen I do know that he he can twist shit around like like nobody's business and I know that he has absolutely no problem lying, no problem making things up. Uh, and uh, and as dangerous as the things he says are uh, and, and what the results have been, it doesn't seem to change the staunch supporters' minds at all. And, and, it's, and it's hard. And, you know, when he first got elected, I don't know what that noise was. When he first got elected, um, there are some people uh, I, I compared it to Ronald Reagan where when Ronald Reagan's presidency was over people were like you know what that wasn't that bad I thought it was going to be the end of the world and it wasn't that bad but the thing that Reagan ignored was the AIDS crisis and if he had intervened early on instead of at best ignoring it and at worst laughing along to jokes about it and I'm not even making this up mm. uh it would not ha it would not have killed nearly as many millions and millions of people as it did and it's interesting that that the comparison i made between trump and 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 reagan had to do with a deadly virus cuz that's exactly what's going on right now it's his inaction and his 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 playing it down his saying things like it's for 99% of people who get it it doesn't do anything when that's just not true it's like there are severe severe outcomes for i believe like three to five percent and those numbers make a big big difference in terms of lives lost in terms of long-term health problems etc etc it might be a lot more than five percent i mean yeah it could be we don't they know have no idea what percentage of people who get covid are going to have long-term effects it could be a lot more than, I suspect it's a lot more than 5%. Um, and that's already a lot, a lot of people. All right, let's move on to something else because we're already more than halfway through the show. Um, 
Calvin, if you would be so kind, do you have Garden available? And John, will you tell us what that's about? I'm still thinking about what you said about Reagan, like where I got really lost <laughs> about this idea that um, some people thought it wasn't so bad. But I mean, I, I guess there are people in the middle, you know, and uh, and in terms of Trump, it's the same thing. I mean, there some there are some people in the middle who are going to say it wasn't so bad, you know, uh, even though COVID strikes in a more like general way, not just a specific handful of populations that a lot of Republicans at that time didn't care so much about, you know, um, so COVID strikes everybody, whereas like AIDS struck specific populations that, um, you know, I, I don't think Reagan and his acolytes cared about. So, um, so, so I think that's a big, that, that might be a difference or it might not be, um, but, you know, also Reagan was way more popular than Trump could ever hope to be. So there are differences. I still think it's possible he gets reelected, but um, but uh, I'm not sure what what um, what will help him. I mean, if the economy turns around, he has a much better chance of being reelected, no matter how many True. people die True. of the disease. Right. Uh, Garden was uh, I mean, I mean, I had this character. I haven't done much. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I had this character in 2014. I think I started doing this fucking guy, uh, who is basically a nature poet. Um, although he's sometimes political and sometimes other things, and um, he—I uh, don't know. I think it speaks for itself. I think he lives in Long Island, and he seems to be of Italian descent. And um, and he. Uh, um, yeah, he just like mar likes to marvel at the beauty of the universe, um, and so there's a record out now called Garden Variety Fuckers, and I think this is the first song on that record called Garden. Okay. Just lie here 
talk and relax and jerk off in this beautiful fucking garden. Because why the fuck not? Like those bells at the end. I forgot about the <laughs> bells at the end. It's nice. Hey, folks. You know, radio is is important, especially in terms in times of pandemics, in times of any kind of emergencies or tragedies or things like that. More people turn to radio than than they usually do. I know that I have been listening to the radio more often than I had before all of this started. Um, I listen to I listen to Q one hundred four point three when I'm when I'm when I'm preparing dinner for myself and for my mom, and uh, and I do listen to Radio Free Brooklyn, and Radio Free Brooklyn has taken the big hit, taken the big hit, like a lot of businesses have. We had to close our studios. We get a good stream of revenue from renting out those studios for podcasts, and so we are asking you if you will help out and give a give a donation uh, radio free brooklyn is a tax deductible organization we are a 501c so if you go to radiofreebrooklyn.com/support you can give a one time or a monthly donation everything helps you give give a dollar a month that's that's 6 bucks that's like you know maybe you bought me a beer maybe would, wouldn't you buy me a beer you'd buy me a beer wouldn't you so do that I am still not asking for sponsors for this show, not yet, because there are so many people, so many organizations that just need it more than I do right now. I'm doing okay. I'll be fine uh, when we enter phase four of reopening. I think that's when I'm going to start asking for sponsors again. But right now, uh, no. But but Radio Free Brooklyn does need your help. Please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash support. I like doing it that way. I used to read off the copy. Nicely done. I have the copy committed to memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you would read it every week. I would usually have someone else read it. Ah, gotcha. It's, it's a fact that uh, in the wintertime, more people turn to radio than they turn to their air conditioners. And in the summer, more people turn to radio than they do to their to their heaters. That is absolutely true. Yeah. So I know that you probably don't have an answer for this. I have asked, probably asked in the past, but a couple of people, when I mentioned that I was going to be working with you, John, they wanted, they were like, so ask him why Faceboy. John came up with the name Faceboy when I was like 12 years old. You, do you know the answer to, to this? No. All I remember, all I remember <laughs> is you would go, Face boy, why does everybody call you Face boy? And I'd say they don't, and it pissed me off. I hated the nickname, and I hated that taunt. It pissed me off, and of course, eventually it stuck because any nickname that people hate sticks. And then I turned it into something where 
it worked for entertainment purposes. Wait, are you saying that I told other people to call you Faceboy? Because I thought I was the only one who called you Faceboy until you decided you wanted to be called Faceboy. No, Do I have no. that remembered incorrectly? I think so. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it suits you now, I guess. I don't know. Um, you know, Dog Bowl chose the name Dog Bowl for himself, but since that time, he has kind of like distanced himself from the name. He doesn't feel like Dog Bowl anymore. So, you know, he likes to be called Steven. Um, but, you know, so if any time you uh, wanted me to give you a different nickname, no, you probably don't want that. Um, but there is an origin story. Um, I was watching Saturday Night Live and um, Billy Crystal was on. And he did this uh, routine where he was talking about, I think he was... Uh, I'm just going to hold he, off on a sec for a second, because I even wrote a song called Why Do They Call You Face Boy? And it doesn't answer the question. No, it doesn't. All right, go ahead. Uh, um he was he, he did this routine where he was basically channeling Maybe this leave it in history. Okay, go ahead. I mean, we can make up a story that'll be more interesting than the truth. No, no, go ahead. In in this routine which probably aired around 1976 or something. Um he Billy Crystal was doing this black blues musician I think who kept saying like he would say, "Can you dig it face? I knew that you could." That, that was the catchphrase in the routine. And and face was a thing that people would say if they recognized your face, but they couldn't remember your name. They would call you face, right? That's what I learned from this routine. And um, and the next day, I said to you, why do they call you face boy? So it's from Billy Crystal. It's Billy Crystal's fault. Well, it's not Billy Crystal's fault. <laughs> it's, it's definitely Billy Crystal's fault. If he hadn't done that routine, <laughs> you never would have been called face boy. All right, it's my fault my fault if i hadn't watched if i hadn't stayed tuned you know watching saturday night live whenever that was i think it was around 76 or 77 yeah well i remember it being when i was around 11 when i was around 12 years old so that 12 yeah oh yeah, so yeah, that'd be yeah 77 yeah. okay yeah um yeah and uh yeah well i am sorry but um it worked out well I'm glad to hear it worked out well. It's uh, easy for people to remember. I got a lot, a lot of press. I think maybe some of it's because of that. Yeah. Sometimes Face people ask open me. Open mic works way better than Francis is, is, is open mic. Because you can't really say Francis is, is really well. Francis is. Doesn't sound right. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody whose name ends with an S has that problem, I think. Yeah. You're kind of fucked. Gus. <laughs> Gus's is his. Well, actually, Our, worked. No, no, Gus's place did. They, they, it folded. No, and who's to say that wasn't why? Because of the S. Because of the S, yeah. Um, um, you know, people sometimes ask me if, if why my name isn't John Boy if we're brothers, but no, that's never happened. Sorry, <laughs> that's never ever happened. I've been asked, am I also Farm Boy? You are not farm boy. I know I'm not farm boy, no, but people no. have asked me that. Plus, farm boy is dead. Farm boy is dead. In the story, farm, he is killed. 
Oh, isn't Farm Boy in more than one song? No. Oh yeah, he is. He is in a second song, but but that's like the prequel song before he was dead. That's that's mm. the yeah. He's in the Way to Salvation, but but and which was written afterwards, but it takes place before because obviously because Farm Time Boy. Time travel. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe he came back from the dead, and yeah. Yeah, Cal- Calvin, you said you've been working on something for the last two weeks. You want to talk about what that is? Like working ver- very hard on something. So I'm part of a group that that makes that takes some um, uh, anime series and makes parodies of them. And so we're uh, we're working on episode ten of an ongoing series that we've been doing for the last um, this month. We'll be four years uh, when it premiered and it's basically the length like it's basically the length of a half an hour TV show and so I've been doing the audio editing on it for the last two weeks like feverishly and so it's almost done we're going to premiere it on the 15th and so um I'm taking this weekend, putting the finishing touches on it, and actually I'm going to be um, recording a a cover song that we're going to put in this episode. We're going to do a a cover of Carry On My Wayward Son. Good song. So it, um, the song, uh, that particular song fits the uh, final scene in this episode where uh, one of the character dies and uh, the group is going to try and uh, resurrect them uh, resurrect him and as he's being uh, resurrected um, uh, one of the one of the group members sings a song to him for his journey uh, to become resurrected and so she sings carry on my wayward son and this is going to be released on july 15th on youtube the uh the youtube channel is called fat dog studios p-h-a-t dog studios the name of the series that we're doing is called log horizon abridged um it's uh it's a uh it's a parody of an ongoing series called Log Horizon. Uh, we basically rewrite the script. Um, we have voice actors that redub it, and just we put our own comical spin on the entire series. And the series is like our series has kind of taken on a life in itself, and we've we've amassed quite a following with that series so it's it's been pretty cool uh working on it i've been a part of this group for the last almost two years um doing the audio editing and so that's uh that's been uh, really exciting to do and it's really hard work but it's fun and since we're doing this we're at this point in the show i don't I, uh tell us a little bit about your show on radio free brooklyn ah yes uh my show is called lush vibes radio it comes on Tuesday nights from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. It's two hours of what I like to call the airy, atmospheric, ambient side of all the genres you love and all the genres you didn't know you loved. So I get into a lot of R&B, like R&B past and present, um, 
classic soul, jazz, and I even get into like a lot of pop and um, cinematic orchestral stuff. Just everything is tied to a specific sound and not by genre. So it's kind of fun uh, putting the playlist together for that. And I do I do themes from time to time. Last week, um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the Quiet Storm um, uh, radio, uh, radio format, but the Quiet Storm is a, a radio format that is um, basically urban contemporary where, like, you play a lot of classic soul and smooth jazz and R&B, and it's and it's like one of those like really late night, <clears throat> excuse me, really uh, show suited for a late night for like if you want to get in the mood or like chill out with a glass of wine or trying to make babies or whatever whatever mood you're feeling. So I did. If the I, timing is right, the music will be nice. Exactly. And so I did a Quiet Storm episode uh, this week, and it went over really, really well. I got my got my smooth late night voice going. You're listening to the Quiet Storm. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Quiet Storm. Yep. Any of you had a uh, um, a uh, thunder sound effect every time I said that? quiet storm <laughs> i like it i like it uh john we've got 10 minutes left so i want to get into stuff that you've been doing recently you just released and and i want to play a track from it because i think we have time you just released stuff that you're doing with rb corbett um we um i think shortly after the lockdown or whatever we call it the pause happened um um we uh we decided we could we could make records like virtually like so she'll I send her words and then she sends me uh, some recordings and then I record vocals over that send it back to her and then she mixes it and makes the artwork uh, and it's called Silk Cut and we've made uh, ten songs since the lockdown uh, in in sets of in in three sets the first was three songs second was three songs and the new one is four songs do you have a favorite called it the new one is called 444 uh because it's four songs for four dollars cute right 444 um the one that comes to mind is bender it's about a vibrate well it's not exactly about a vibrator it's about um it's about uh it's kind of about being blocked not just sexually, but in other ways. Okay, yeah. do you have that uh, available, Calvin? Yep, got it ready here. All right, let's hear that. She was moderately bummed that she hadn't written anything about sex in a long while. She had noticed that in the past, she tended to write a lot about sex when she hadn't had any in a while. But she had not had any in a while, and yet she had not written anything about sex. Was she losing her drive? She thought about how, if a man were writing her story, she might think that the idea of her losing her sex drive would be a tragedy. But she didn't think so. But she also didn't think she was losing her sex drive. Rather, she thought it had to be something else. 
She thought about the last time she had had sex. It hadn't been terrible, which was comforting to her. If she had to be heterosexual, and apparently she had to be, she was relieved to recall that some men actually did have some sense of what they were doing sexually. As she considered this, she began to get turned on. She decided to give Bender a try. According to the description in the email, Bender is a 10-speed, waterproof, body-safe vibrator with magnetic USB charging capabilities. The flexible body of the vibe makes it ideally suited for G-spot, clitoral, or overall external stimulation. She set Bender to the first speed, but quickly went up to the fourth. She enjoyed herself immensely. She decided she was going to be just fine. You know, after she sent the mix back to me, I said, did I do those backing vocals that are like, Bender? And it was me. I, uh, I thought it was her for a second, but I'm, I mean, yeah, I have, I have quite a falsetto when I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the Alexa thing. Oh, um, um, what is that called? Hand wash jukebox. Um, yeah, I was approached to write some 20 second songs for something called hand wash jukebox which i guess if you go to alexa on amazon and you say that is if you haven't boycotted amazon which might not be a bad idea it's up to you but if you haven't um you can have your alexa machines your dots or whatever they are um uh activate this thing called hand wash jukebox and it will randomly play a 20 second song so that you know how long you you know you're keeping your hands underwater for the right amount of time. I guess ah. for this to work, you'd have to have one of those things installed in the bathroom, which I don't know if many people have a have an Alexa thing in their bathroom. I guess it can work on your phone. I don't I, know. I know people but, that um, do. So I I don't know how many people are involved. A lot of people. So it plays a song at random. Two of the songs are mine. Um, they're both. So you can, so can you can't like specifically say, Alexa, play Jonas Hall's. Uh, blah blah blah. Yeah, that would be again? that would be good. Yeah, my hand wash hand wash jukebox songs. I don't even remember what they're called now. I did them as soon as they asked me. I went and wrote two songs really quickly and sent them back. Sometimes if people ask me to do something, I try to do it right away. Otherwise, I won't do it at all. So um, they were just songs about. One was about twenty. I think one was called Twenty Seconds, you know, and the other one I don't remember what it was called. But but yeah. 20 second songs. I read the reviews for this and a lot of people people love it. People really love it. They they're like, you know, I've been doing 20 second songs in my head while I was washing my hands and I would do the same one over and over again and I've been trying to think of different ways to do the remind myself to wash my hands for a full 20 seconds and this thing comes along and it's great. I just say Alexa, play hand walk, play I keep forgetting what it's called. Hand, I'm hand wash jukebox. It's called hand play wash hand jukebox. wash jukebox, and a twenty second song comes on, and it's interesting, and it's new, and it's fresh, and uh, and I make sure I get my hands washed thoroughly. Folks, you got to do that. Here's something but, interesting. Go ahead. You make a good point. Like 
in a real jukebox, you would put a quarter in, but you would choose the song. You wouldn't yeah. just put a quarter in and be like, oh, I wonder what song it'll decide to play for me today. So maybe jukebox is kind of a misleading term. But yeah, all right. That was all. I'm going to have to check this out. I have uh, I have an Amazon Fire, which has an, which has Alexa built in. So There you go. Yeah. Uh, I'll ask Alexa to uh, play Hand Watch Jukebox uh, after this is done. Cool. <laughs> Uh, here's one thing I want to. I, I, I really don't think police should be allowed to lie during interrogations. Police are allowed to say anything the fuck they want. The biggest lie they say is sign this and you can go home. Folks, do not believe that for a second. If you are, don't say one word, not one word. If you've been arrested and you're being interrogated, make the only thing you should say is get me a lawyer. Don't say anything, anything else. Don't sign anything without a lawyer. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Because they are allowed to lie to you. They will tell you shit like, like you can go home if you sign this piece of paper. And that's what led to, that's one of the many things. It was the terrible, terrible interrogation te- techniques that led, to, that led to the Central Park Five. Uh, one of the things that led to the Central Park Five being un, unjustifiably arrested, uh, unjustifiably imprisoned. They, they had shitty trials. They, they signed these confessions because they went through this completely heinous uh, interrogation thing. We, that's, that's every, every week, I hope, I come up with something specific that I want to see change with the NYPD. This week, it is interrogation techniques and specifically that they're allowed to fucking lie to you. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I hate it. I think that needs to end. Uh, there, there's such a history of of corruption in the NYPD as well, and I think we need to start looking at that again. We need to be aware of that again. We need to just know what is the history of this organization. Uh, for one thing that, that I had forgotten about was the Dirty 30, and this was something that happened in the 90s, which was the 30th Precinct, where the there was a large group of officers involved in stealing drugs uh, from drug dealers and then selling it at half price right out of the precinct. Right out of the fucking precinct. Really? But, yeah. Yeah. And this was in the 90s, you know. The, the, the corruption wasn't just fucking 70s. The corruption wasn't just uh, the time of uh, Frank Serpico. This shit has been going on for a very, very long time. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if there is still... Well, actually, I know that there are still forms of corruption in the NYPD, but we don't have time to get into that because there's only less than a minute left. So thank you, John, for being on the show this week. Thank you, Calvin. For... Thank, thank you for asking me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was cool. This went well. Thank you, Calvin, for being here, for being a part of this, for helping me out while Lucas is away. And uh, thank you all for listening. We will be back next week on a Safe Space Radio. In the town where I was born. I do that all the time. <laughs> you know what? We're just going to roll with it. 